Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. The penny dropping moment is that in order to ensure that your customer experience is top, then yeah, you need your employee experience to be top as well. Without the employees doing what they can do best, then you're never going to get that customer experience at the right level. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's Strength in the Numbers show. Now, you've just heard from this week's guest mentor, Jennifer Sturch. And Jennifer is the head of McDonald's Global Business Services Finance for the UK and Ireland. And together, Jennifer and I, we deconstruct a few things on today's show. The first one is actually her aha moment um, and how she re-identified with the employee experience first, leading to better customer experience second as a byproduct of that. And very much a service focus that we can not only leverage in shared services environments, but also in the rest of finance too. Yeah, Jennifer shares um, a very important and excellent piece of career advice, particularly around personal growth and this importance of separating our roles from identities, which is highly important in these days of process automation and uh, the, the onset of artificial intelligence as well. So that's quite a key point we cover there. We also, because it's it's quite topical, we go into the COVID-19 coronavirus and, and discuss some of the impacts around that. And we also deconstruct the employee first approach touching on topics like being agile, resilient, and use of technology to better communicate and understand customers too. So look, hope you really enjoyed this episode. If you did, you can check out the timestamp show notes, ways to connect with Jennifer and other key quotes and resources at sitnshow.com. And don't forget to subscribe on all the major platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. And that's enough for me. So without further ado, over to Jennifer and the show. So Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Andrew. I'm delighted, delighted to, to finally get you on to the into the podcast, Jennifer, because we you know we met a few times in the past, had some great conversations. Uh, and for some of our audience who, who may be not as familiar with your background, would you mind maybe sharing a, a brief story of your career journey in accounting and finance, please? So myself, I think my love affair with finance and accounting, if you can call it that, <laughs> did start just around that A-level choice. I've always been a little bit more creative and the arty side of the mathematical, but I had um, decent role models in my mother and father who were kind of connected to that realm. So I plumped for, for that in the fact that I didn't want to do architecture and seven years studying. <laughs> and, and through actually doing the degree, it was accounting and finance that I, I chose for. It really kind of more cemented my understanding and made me realise that uh, management accountancy and that angle of its principles and methods was perhaps better fitted for me. At the same time, I kind of did summer jobs in engineering factories and that really also gave me that practical example of what, mm. what what could be done so I always knew I wanted to be part of a business and, and helping um, grow that so when I was then um, looking after university for what jobs it was it was looking for training accounting schemes going through the application and searching through those I found the McDonald's application was a bit quirky a bit fun uh, this was back in the late 90s so it's proper red and yellow stuff and clowns all over the place it was a big brand but not necessarily obvious and aspirational 
but the, the most important thing actually was the fact it was short and easy to fill out. So <laughs> <laughs> I did that one and versus those big like pages of applications that Mars and Boots and Nestle were doing at the time. But I, I was successfully selected for an interview and, and went along to the head office and instantly then connected with the brand on meeting the people. They were, you know, they were very energetic, clearly uh, a culture of working hard, but playing hard and, and high performance. So it, it totally sold me wanting to be um, with them. And unfortunately, I got offered it. And, and that was 20 years ago. So my career, I've always been in finance and accounting roles, but gone through kind of your more corporate finance aspects into accounting centers to shared services, a bit of finance transformation projects, but now firmly seated in global business services and my leadership experience really comes kind of controls compliance people management and overall process improvement yeah and like i think i think that shines through so anytime so we we, we've met up and whatever and and you've definitely given a a presentation around this it's it's amazing that just the breadth of areas you can speak to i suppose in terms of your own journey was there any particular experience that stood out to you saying hmm that that was my aha moment i learned a load there and i'm going to bring that with me for the rest of my career type of thing yeah, you, you learn a lot about yourself. Now, I seem to be quite logical, quite obvious, and some of those technical things. I think quite early on when I've learned stuff and found that not everybody can connect with tools and things of how to help you in your job. I think I, I learned that quickly, so I've always tried to stay a little bit current. But my big aha was more about finding the area within finance that suits me. And in 2010, we started to develop a, the global shared services um, Kind of organization and I was part of an uh, inaugural offsite um, surrounded by shared service um, representatives that have been with McDonald's for, for longer because it'd been in North America for longer than it had been in the UK and other areas of the world mm-hmm. and that people first that service focus and the whole culture of identifying value and how you create it or deliver it then really spoke um, spoke to me and that's where I think I've connected them for my purpose and passion is totally behind the GBS model. Wow, it's great to have found this. So you've, you've probably coming up to what, 10 years <laughs> of, of experience of that, right? I mean, in terms of in terms of GBS, that, I think I think you highlighted some, some important aspects there. That it's the customer experience, customer satisfaction, the service focus must very much resonate well with Mac, McDonald's. Is that sort of by luck or is that is that something at all, you know, GPS or shared service functions need to be thinking about? I think it's what all functions need to be thinking about. I might be very fortunate that I'm in a business that understands customer experience. Um, having said that, it's still very challenging, I think, for such the, the inverted commas back office functions to get that credibility for utilising customer um, obsessed approach um, because people don't always think of the people that we're serving as as customers or they don't feel that we should be thinking in that way so I think that even though I'm unfortunate to be in that kind of more progressive type of industry um, that no I think the, the challenges of an office based evolving a culture towards uh, customer experience as the key is, is still relevant and challenging but I think instead of for us when we've been out and, and meeting other similar leaders the experience and i think the the penny dropping moment is that in order to ensure that your customer experience is top then yeah you need your employee experience to be top as well without the employees right. doing what they can do best then you're never going to get that customer experience at the right level just on that one like um, as, as you know because I've, I've shared the story my cousin's been been at mcdonald's for a good <laughs> period i remember when he was 
he's 15 and he was going through the various star system that uh, that he, he had at the time. And I, he's not going to appreciate me for saying this, but I think he's been there probably for nearly 30 years now and, and worked his way up to some, some fairly senior positions on the more operational side. But I suppose he seems to, to very much think that, uh, you know, and benefit from putting the employee first and having that very much people focus from a finance perspective how does that sort of shine through and sort of some of the things that you've seen being done or you're doing that allows our you know employees to shine and therefore bring a better experience to the the end customer i would say because it's all about the capability and skill so we do refer to i suppose those core building blocks in in the way that people should be and performing and that being around you know demonstrating true curiosity one to actually understand a problem and be able to delve in and solve for it but also to continue to grow and learn themselves and always be thinking um, we've talked about being agile you know that uh, making sure that they can move with the business is is really important and likewise skills to be resilient especially in our service culture it's not one that you're generally overwhelmed with praise for so <laughs> the resilience will really help and then with the automation technology and all of this we've just also been talking about how to connect and build those relationships and truly listen and understand people is, is really key so from all of those i think what then needs to happen is the you know the investment in experiences for people the, the training um, coaching and mentoring to enhance and develop those with um, either on-the-job experiences or role modelling or actual, you know, courses utilising obviously technology like LinkedIn Learning and YouTube to also give some flavours of things for people on that. Technology-wise, making sure that people can access it, keep pace with what's required from them. Like I said, this, this Teams, especially though, that some of the technology, making sure that it's stuff that people can Mm-hmm. learn intuitively but the other part as well that's culturally pushed down that we're definitely trying to do is that empowerment of an individual so that kind mm-hmm. of decision making model where too often people and obviously mcdonald's is, is obviously an established business so there is that cultural part embedded of needing to defer a decision yeah. up maybe and and it might take time because we've been a big system very successful but perhaps that cascades meant that we've been slow in our decision making and, and the speed of change needs that we need to get faster and also to do that you need your teams to develop that muscle to understand a risk based on a decision and to be able to feel comfortable to make the decisions appropriate to their level that's a really interesting perspective i think that might be a bit of surprise to some of our audience who might come in with maybe I hate to say it as finance and accounting professionals, but preconceived notions about McDonald's. Uh, like I, I'm a big fan of the McDonald's business model, but like you got some sectors that think, okay, there's this McDonaldization of going this sort of system, one way mass production type process, and it wouldn't be your your typical agile process per se. It's a successful system, but it wouldn't be as agile as, as perhaps it needs to be. But in our conversations, you know, you're you're always mentioning about actually the the number of things you're doing that would I don't know I'd regard as being you know leading an agile team. Mm-hmm. So I suppose you know given that backdrop where some might think, well, you've got to operate within this very successful business model business system. How do you, from your perspective, Jennifer, in sort of shared services, introduce more agile elements? To, uh, to ensure that you're building the resilience and empowering the team? I think, yeah, we have to take that um, leap and leap in the front. And I know that we're very fortunate in finance and accounting that we see all areas of the business. Yeah, yeah. But therefore, then we maybe see some things before the rest of the business does see it. So mm. um, similarly linked to that, we've obviously in the UK become much more heavily franchised 
business in more recent years. So culturally, again, similar to what I said, it's the culturally that kind of cadence of decision making, but also perhaps we've used to being a McDonald's business that was making decisions that only affected the McDonald's owned restaurants mm. and franchises were, were less so. Um, whereas now, obviously, it's it's 90, 95% franchised. It needs to be decisions um, thinking in perspective of the franchisees, organisations and business. And in our roles, we were able to kind of start to see that and need to recognise how that needs to change. So the team's thinking about their availability and how the teams might work and how you attract the right talent means that, you know, needs and wants are, are kind of changing two minds in that because i think there's an where we're me being a slightly older <laughs> an old, older employee <laughs> the things that people want in flexibility in being able to work remotely when they want in um being able to be empowered to make decisions to feel good you know all of that is everything that i actually want but perhaps mm. my generation was something that maybe didn't ask for it or didn't yeah. feel that that was appropriate that might be stepping out for I'm just more excited that, that people are now able to talk about it, get the messages out there. So that's what, you know, actually everybody in the team would want. So mm. um, trying to be smart, trying to get people to prioritise better. I think, again, mm. so much goes on around us. We're so bombarded. And again, in a service or um, situation, you can, you're can you natural to, to kind of jumping when somebody says uh, they want you to. Um, and you just ask how high. Well, yes. <laughs> to lead from the front and to be agile, you've actually got to be thinking differently and seeing your position as advisor, as as support partner, and therefore, you know, recognise the confidence and the skills and capability you have to contribute to that value aspect. And so that's also where I think it's really important for the team to see and grow. They do have those analytical um, thoughts, so use them, apply them, and but it's. With everything, I think even flexibility, agility, it's all muscles we've got to grow. We, we've never really had to use them as much. So it's its giving people a space, a safe space to um, experiment and play in. Yeah, I, I suppose no no time like the present with the, I suppose, the spread of the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, really puts those sort of agile <laughs> practices to the test, uh, flexing that resilience model. How's uh, How are things working out for you and the team, Jennifer? Yeah, I'm really pleased so far. And I think you're right that this has forced us um, into doing it, but I'm hopeful then it, it kind of is proving the case that enables it to continue to be, uh, you know, an option and, and a useful channel to help with resilience, agility, and, and, and the ways in which we work going forward. Because uh, perhaps it's it's made people that wouldn't otherwise want to experiment and try with this mm-hmm. to, to do so so like you say it's quite an inclusive approach <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's, yeah there's only there's only so much preparation you can do there's only so much testing of the tools risk management business continuity planning it's until you put it in practice and and you know you're a mass part of a massive organization massive responsibilities it's great to hear it's working working well um you know, I, I suppose in terms of early learnings uh, for audience, I mean, sort of what sort of things you sort of learning about you and the team that you thought, hmm, did, didn't know we could do that or, oh, that's something that uh, worked out pretty well. Sort of any sort of early insights you can you can share with us? Yeah, I'd say so. Definitely the fact that we'd already kind of tried to eradicate paper from the ways in which we worked before, mm-hmm. that that really now you see that that's an, an exceptional asset for us. 
Mm. Whereas I know other teams and other organisations um, across our, our business haven't haven't got that, and they're having to introduce that. Um, the fact that we've done a couple of very small one-day tests meant again that people were comfortable with their setup. People have got internet. I know in some because because of us being very more transactional, there are other examples of teams where perhaps people have never needed to have internet or the strength of internet at home. Um, and they're solving for that. So those, I think, is where I knew that, okay, some of those, it's great to have, have seen it. The parts and the, the watch out that I'm wanting to be seeing, and I, <laughs> I know that I've, I've seen it across social channels as well, but many people that work in our department are used to being around large numbers of people, are yeah. seeking those social interactions and maybe do use people as a bit of support. And so really being sure that people don't feel truly isolated, that we've got several different touch points that we keep in touch to keep them mental well-being as well as uh, I'm obviously encouraging them to be physically fit I think is is a, is a different part that normally when you talk about remote working you don't think about that um, responsibility yeah so that's that's I suppose the, the, the key um, the key thoughts within there the, yeah. the, the other aspect sorry the, the other aspect that I was thinking of that I don't know is perhaps more niche to COVID though is when you do remote working you know what work you've got to do you've got to do it differently the part with this is is it's actually transforming what the business priorities are mm. so it's it's two different one you've got to try and work but actually the stuff that you're working on is that really what we need to be working on or are there new new requirements that that we need to be prioritizing instead yeah and i suppose it's just as you said earlier on it's just finance does have that broader visibility that the rest of the business looks towards to help guide them advise them on what to do but also i really appreciate calling out that mental aspect i think that's something that you just don't really get a manual for how to deal with these situations. No. Uh, you sort of have to live through it and then <laughs> develop the operating procedures a bit as you go. Mm-hmm. But that reaching out to, to your fellow uh, workers uh, and, and team members in, in finance and in other parts of the business as well, just just to keep ourselves sane, but also to exercise regularly and move that sort of physical and mental health. It's it's very important at these times. So so thanks for thanks for calling those out. And uh, I, I just mind mindful that you've given us loads of great advice, uh, Jennifer. But what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received? There's a couple of bits. I don't know if I was on earlier in my career. There was a point where I was fortunate on a scheme to be changing roles and kind of moving up, and got a bit into that habit of expecting that I was only good if I was getting that recognition from others mm-hmm. in marketing, and. I had a coach and a mentor who kind of, you know, really made it clear about think about what you want in life, what are your motivations and think about breadth of experience, but also think about how when you're in your role, you could go deeper if that's kind of what you want. I think that plays out to us at the beginning where I really understand what what I enjoy about the job I do now and how it really aligns to that. So that one really stood out to actually deal with dissatisfactions and and make them uh, better. The... The other big bit that's, I suppose, much more recent, actually, and it is one at the moment that's more primarily for women, but um, and this the last event we were at, I talked about, there's, there's a book, How Women Rise, that Marshall Goldsmith partnered with Sally Helgeson. I have no affiliations with this book, but it's, <laughs> it's a phenomenal book. Um, that The other the, the part that Marshall Goldsmith wrote first was the book, I don't know if you've read it, What Got You Here Won't yes. Get You There. Yeah. And it's been well recommended on the show. Yeah, definitely check so, that book out. Definitely. So that one, exactly, really, truly. So I've read that one first. But what they've done is they recognise that some of those um, tips, traits, performance aspects were maybe much more linked to um, a, a typical male's experience. Mm, and mm. so what this other one, How Women Rise, is that book, but really focusing on some key bits for, for women. 
and that that's phenomenal so really calling out where some of my core biases values behaviors are actually you know would restrict um my ability to, to move forward and actually opened up to what how i should behave differently and what's within my power to to change that that's been really good and i try and share that with everybody and everybody <laughs> yeah that's no, look, you you just preempted my next question which i normally ask you what recommend what resources would you recommend that's an excellent recommendation and i like how you tied it in with what got you here won't get you there type of thing but 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 for me jennifer the most important advice and you said it earlier on as well it's I think that's what a lot of people struggle in finance, particularly when there's so much change at the moment, right? With technologies coming in, expectations going up, different uh, demographs, different uh, generations and so on. It's like people don't really understand what it is that they, they, they like or want from their career. So, you know, you think about that in terms of what mm-hmm. you like, um, for what your strengths are, and you put two and two together. The role does not define us, you know? Yeah. It's, 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 it's understanding ourselves first, then finding the role that fits us. Uh, more and that's Perfect. that opportunity has never ever been as great as it is now with all the tools and tech out there and mm-hmm. i'm just really delighted you called that out and 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 that's exactly why i brought you on the show it's so so important we talk about these things no exactly and and that links to what we're talking about how for an end customer result for value to the business you can only do that if you're the best version of yourself yes and um and knowing yourself and how you thrive and what areas you want to grow and develop in yeah will only help you in to continue to be the best version and therefore the best version for the company and their success and i completely agree with everything you said uh, well, well, I was only I was only agreeing with everything you were saying, Jennifer. Okay. So that's, mutual, that's pretty good. Mutual celebration. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, go yeah, on. I'm trying a little party here. Yeah, exactly. Go. On. So, um, so look. <laughs> so uh, you know, if some of our audience wish to continue the conversation, Jennifer, where's the best place to connect with you at? Yep, definitely got a, a presence on LinkedIn. So I'll uh, welcome any invitations um, through that, and also obviously. The, <laughs> based on the COVID aspects, and there's obviously lots of different uh, events that maybe might have been planned that are, are now changing and evolving, but obviously that there are certain places that I'll, I'll be joining when they're rescheduled, and we'll hope to obviously connect with people there too. Awesome. Yeah, that, that's that's a great point, uh, Jennifer, and what we'll, I'll do is I'll put uh, your details uh, on LinkedIn into the show notes, and um, I suppose as we're sort of uh, coming to the end of our conversation, would you perhaps maybe have any parting thoughts for our audience? Um, I think most prevalent at the moment just to be wishing everybody to keep safe, keep well and be thinking of others as well at this time. You know, being kind, um, we've got a lot, everybody's got a lot on their plate. And so leading with that um, kindness, responsibility and positive intent, I think um, there can't be enough of that in the world anyway. What a great sentiment and way to wrap up the show today. So, so Jennifer, thank you for coming on and being such a great guest on Strength in the Number Show. Many thanks for having me. And I've uh, really enjoyed that, actually. So thank you very much. (laughs) So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter. 
which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. And when all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.